are you guys this morning? Hallelujah. Are you awake? How many of you just love mornings? I thought I was in the majority. How many of you love evenings better than mornings? All right. <laughs> Me too. I, you know, um, now I love mornings if it's one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but don't call me at six o'clock in the morning because I've probably only been asleep about three hours. So, yeah. But, you know, God just makes us all different, doesn't he? That's what makes life interesting. Uh, but, and so, you know, every morning I have to make a confession over my morning. I, you know, I, I would just love it. Uh, my mother was a morning person and, you know, she could get up at five o'clock and it's like, whoa, hallelujah, it's morning. <laughs> and I thought, you know, as I, we don't get old, we just mature. And I, you know, I thought as I matured that I would learn to love mornings, but I I still don't love mornings. So, but, you know, that's kind of the way the the world does revolve around morning time. So I just always have to confess, this is a day that the Lord has made. And what are we going to do? We're going to rejoice and be what? Glad in it. It's important to make a confession over our day. And regardless of what comes our way that day, we're still going to rejoice. We're still going to be glad in it because God made that day for us. Well, it's so good to be here again, you know. We just love coming here and love sharing the word with you. For um, the, How many of you have not been in one of our meetings, Didn't, was not here the last time we were here? All right, a lot. Well, I'll just tell you a little bit about me is that I was raised in a minister's home, a pastor's home. I've been um, basically, I would say, in the ministry all of my life. Um, I lived in a glass house all my life. Didn't realize that glass house was going to get thinner and thinner and thinner, you know, as the Lord led us into what he has us doing now. But I probably, I would have been really disappointed if God had not called me into the ministry. I've always loved God with all my heart. I've always, because I lived in a glass house, you know, as a, we call them PKs, preacher's kids, um, and especially when um, when your parents are pastors, the whole congregation's looking at you. And they're, you know, they're judging. <laughs> I'm talking about you, honey. <laughs> they're, they're judging you. You know, you have to act perfect. Uh, you have to know all the questions, the answers to the Bible questions. And you have to smile all the time. When sometimes you don't want to smile. And... Um, And I know that as I never resented uh, my parents being in the ministry, Um, I think, you know, because I did love God with all my heart, but the one thing that it did help me to do, and, and I'm so thankful for that because it's 
been my, you know, my savior really is that anything that I needed or any, you know, uh, anything that I was dealing with, I would always go to God because I couldn't tell anybody else because they would tell you know, the next one and the next one and the next one and the whole church would know what I was dealing with. And so I would just go to my heavenly father who always keeps your secrets. But not only that, he gives you the perfect answer for whatever you're dealing with. And so I just so developed a love for prayer, for going to the father. And I had a precious aunt. Um, It was my dad's, actually, he had two sisters that were not married. Um, They would help my dad, my mom and dad in the ministry. And, and my one aunt, oh my goodness, we, I called her a prayer warrior. She loved to pray. Uh, She prayed loud and uh, she loved to teach children. And although she never had any children of her own, she always taught children, even when she was way up in years. And she just kind of took a special interest in me. There were, I had an older sister and a younger brother, but for some reason, she just took a special interest in me. I suppose she knew that, you know, that I was going to be called in the ministry. And at four years of age, I remember uh, she started taking me over her house on the weekends and she'd say, Lynette, I'm going to teach you the word of God. I'm going to help you memorize scriptures. And I remember at four, the first, and you know, she just didn't help you memorize just a scripture. You, you learn the whole chapter. (laughs) And the first, at four years of old, she taught me the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And, uh, and then also it was, I think at that same time, she uh, said, now I'm going to teach you the Christmas story. And she compiled um, from the different um, gospels, the Christmas story. And, and at, um, at the Christmas um, program that year at four, I still wasn't talking real plain, but um, I recited the Christmas story by memory, and I know some of the people came up to my parents and said, didn't understand a word she said, but it sure was good. <laughs> but, you know, I guess it's so, even from a young child, developed the, in me the importance of knowing the Word of God and the importance of communing with God. And it's just something I guess I knew that God was preparing me for because that is basically the thrust of what God has led me to do is to help people find, follow the plan that God has for them. And to realize that in order to understand that plan and to be led by that plan, you've got to communicate with the Father. You've got to communicate with the Father. You know, some, of course, there's many types of prayers, many ways to pray. And, but that's not exactly what God called me to do. I think it's important for us to follow what God has for us. And the thing that he 
has called me to do is to help you to understand the importance of prayer and to get excited about prayer. You know, you can know all the principles of something. I mean, you can learn all about, I remember, oh, I was always wanting to get on with life. And one of the, one of the first things I had a goal in is to learn how to drive because I was an independent child and I wanted to learn how to drive and, you know, be able to not have to depend upon somebody else. And, you know, God just made it so great for me because the one year this changed, I, we lived in Texas, I'm from Texas, and there was just a short time that in Texas that if you took driver's ed, you could get your real license at 14. Here too? Yeah. And so I turned 14 on May. My birthday's about to come up, May 13th. And in June, I was enrolled in driver's education. And by July, uh, when I was 14, barely 14, I had my driver's license, you know? Um, but, you know, in drive, you can learn all about driving a vehicle, but until you actually practice it, you still don't know how to drive. And the same thing with prayer. You can know all the principles of prayer, but until you practice praying, you don't know how to pray. And so that's what we're going to be, you know, talking about this morning, and then guess what? We're going to pray. Because it's just great when a body of believers come together. There's nothing like coming together in corporate prayer. You know, all of us pray individually, but there's just a special anointing when we come together in corporate prayer. So this morning, let's turn to Daniel 11.32. I read this scripture a lot. It's kind of like my father-in-law would always read Mark 11, 23, 24, 20, and then... He didn't know where he was going to go from there. Umpteen sermons from that scripture. Well, that kind of happens with me. Start out here and then we'll see where we're going to. In this book of Daniel, a vision was given to Daniel of the last days. How many of you believe that we are in the last days? Oh my goodness. Did you ever, ever, ever think that even... The United States of America that was founded on in God we trust. Did you ever think that we would come to the place that we are now, even here? I'll tell you what. It's time for a mighty revival, even in our own midst. Even in our own midst. And guess what? That only comes... If you read about all the revivals that have come to various countries, how did they come first? Through prayer. Through prayer. So a vision was given to Daniel about the last days. And, you know, God will warn us about things to come if we'll be sensitive to listen to his voice. And he told Daniel in Daniel eleven thirty two, And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But, here's where I want to get to, but the people that do what? Know their God shall be what? Strong and do 
exploits. The, the New King James Version of that says, and shall carry out great exploits. Shall carry out great exploits. Now, I looked up the def- definition of exploit. And this is one of the definitions. It says, a bold or daring feat. A bold or daring feat. Guess what? God has some bold things for us to do in these days. He wants to empower you. It's kind of like, you know, on the day of Pentecost, when, you know, the people were all together in one place and one accord, and what were they doing? They were praying, praying. What happened? The suddenlies happened. The suddenlies happened and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost, guess what? They became bold. The Holy Spirit will give you a holy boldness like you've never had before. It's like Peter stood up on that day and, you know, preached with boldness. When the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you yield to that, there will be a boldness, a boldness. I know many times uh, I, I am used a lot in just one-on-one ministry. And there's nothing greater than that. Each one of you can be used in one-on-one ministry. Because we have a hurting uh, people out there. But first of all, if you're not sensitive to the voice of God, you'll not recognize that somebody needs ministering to. But as that holy boldness comes upon you. I know that, you know, I don't know sometimes and I just, it's just like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he directs you to minister or to talk to someone and give them either encouragement or instruction or whatever. uh, It's like, it's not you speaking. But you're yielding to the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And, you know, during that time, I know myself, uh, normally, you know, everybody has different personalities, right? Now, my husband is just like, you know, he's not diplomatic, as you could tell last night. (laughs) But I love him anyway. Anyway, but I'm normally a diplomatic person, all right? Normally, there's only two times that I'm not diplomatic, and that's when I'm really mad, you know, and you should be. And uh, the second time is when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of me and wants to use me in helping somebody, and I just get really bold. You know, I get really bold. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do for you. I may have given this example before, but it's just coming up, so I'm going to have to yield to it, all right? Uh, And Brother Hagin gave his examples all the time, again and again, so 
If you heard it, you're just going to have to hear it again because you may not remember it. But I remember many, many years ago, actually, uh, we were uh, uh, having camp meeting, which is a very, uh, very big event. And we were, at that particular time, we were having our camp meeting uh, downtown in uh, the Civic Center. And so we were staying in a hotel. And at that time, one of my particular duties for camp meeting was to uh, be in charge of all the hospitality of of entertaining after church the guest ministers and and so forth and so forth so it was a busy busy time and uh, I'll never forget there was uh, one day that we were actually in the exhibit hall fixing to go to lunch with some people and there was um, a couple and the lady's brother um, that was, um, had come for a few days and had said goodbye to us and they had to leave to go back to Texas. And so that particular, at noon we were in the exhibit hall and all of a sudden I saw the sister and her brother come back in. And I called their names and I said, I thought y'all left. And so, um, and so the sister said, well, she said, we even checked our luggage. I don't even have any luggage. But she said, as we were about to board the airplane, my brother said, I can't go yet because I haven't gotten what I need to get at this meeting. Well, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm not thinking about spiritual things because I'm thinking about cooking, I'm thinking about menus, I'm thinking about staying up late at night, you know, with entertaining. I'm not thinking really about spiritual things because that wasn't my responsibility during that meeting. But you see, when we're sensitive to the Holy Ghost... He has assignments for us sometimes when we're not even thinking about it. So you've got to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost all the time. And when she said that, and it's like, how do you know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Well, I'll just tell you how I, well, I know. When she said that, bam, in the middle of my stomach, you know, The Holy Spirit said to me, you are the one that's going to minister to him. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Okay, God. Then you're going to have to tell me what I'm supposed to minister because I don't have a clue. And so it's kind of like in the word where it says, you know, uh, that Jesus said, just do what I tell you. You know, do what the Spirit tells you. And so... All of a sudden, I'm listening to the Holy Ghost because I have an assignment, have no idea what that assignment is, hadn't talked to the person, hadn't seen them in years, didn't know what was going on in their life. So I don't know anything, which is good, really, when you're being used by the Holy Spirit. Then you know that you're not in the flesh. And so I just begin to, whatever I heard, that's what I said. So the first thing I heard and the first thing I said is, y'all come go to lunch with us. Yeah, it doesn't sound too spiritual, does it? 
Come go to lunch with us. And so they said, oh, well, I know you have plans. I said, that's okay. We have people going, but guess what? We always have room for two more. So we went to lunch. And so this is where the holy boldness took over, okay? Because I don't usually give these kind of orders when I'm not in charge. And so... I said to this person, you sit right here by me. I mean, that's exactly how I said it. <laughs> you sit right here by me. <laughs> and so my husband was on the other side, and he knows when I'm on these assignments, just leave me alone. <laughs> and then he'll entertain the rest of the group because he knows I have an assignment, and he knows when I get that bowl that it is the holy boldness of God. Because like I say, I'm not usually that bold. And so I said, you sit by me. And honestly, I have not a clue, even to this day, what I I said except for this phrase. Because you see, when when you are being used by the Holy Ghost, it's not coming through your head. It's coming out from your spirit. And when you get through saying it, you don't know what you said because it wasn't you saying it was the Holy Spirit. All right, let me give you scriptures. Okay, let's turn over to Matthew, Matthew 10. I think it's Matthew 10. Yeah, Matthew 10, verse 18. It says, and you shall talking about the disciples, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. The spirit of your father which speaketh in you. The Lord somehow this morning, and I wasn't planning on even going in this direction, the Lord somehow is wanting to get to each and every one of you. That God's going to use you to speak to others. And you're going to speak life to them. You're going to speak health to them. You're going to speak the God's saving power that will deliver them. And whatever they're going through. And so I can't tell you what I said to this day other than this. And this was pretty bold and I had no idea. I threw saying things to him. I remember this. And I said, and you have even contemplated taking your own life. And when I said that, tears started streaming down his face. And later, his sister had told me that he'd become so depressed in life because he had, he was called to the ministry, had been in ministry, some things happened, and people told him, you can't be in the ministry anymore. And you know, when you're out of God's will, nothing works right. And... So he had believed them and was miserable, et cetera, et cetera, and, and had told his sister, hey, life is not worth living, you know. I'm just going to take care of that and go on. His tears started streaming down his face. 
And so now it's like, okay, God, you know, what's the next thing I'm supposed to say? You see, sometimes people's lives are in your hands. God wants to use you to get people on the right track and to get back and where God has for them and what God has for them. So the next thing I said, now the one thing that I did know, that he had been, I knew, I knew he had been in the ministry. I knew he had been to Bible college. I knew he had a degree. He was actually a PK. So what I'm saying to him, is about to say to him, doesn't make any sense at all. And this is what I said. I said, you need to come to Ramah. Bible training college. Now, in the natural, that doesn't make any sense. He's been in the ministry. He went to Bible school, you know, whatever. But I said what the Holy Ghost said. And so, he shook his head, yes. But in my spirit, the Lord said to me, he's shaking his, his head, yes, just to agree with you. But when he goes back home, he's not going to do that. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, God, he's got to get back in your will. Now, I thank God for silent prayers that you can talk to God silently, you know. And in my thoughts, I'm thinking, God, what can I do? He's got to. I just know that this is what he's supposed to do. And all of a sudden, this is what the Lord said to me. Like I say, hadn't seen him in years, didn't know, didn't really know him that well. I knew who he was, I knew his family, didn't know him that well. But the Lord said to me, the Lord will enlighten you. And he said, the one thing that he values is money. And he says, this is what I want you to do, go out. This afternoon, with his sister, go find an apartment. This is in July. Go find an apartment. And when he takes, puts money down on that apartment, he will come to Raymond. <laughs> now, in the natural, you know, you're thinking, God, I got cooking to do this afternoon. <laughs> And besides, it's raining, and I have new shoes on, and I don't have time to go to the hotel and change clothes. <laughs> but, you know, a life is in balance, guys. You may be ministering to someone that their life is right there in balance. So, said to his sister, you know, Let's, we're going to go look for an apartment. I didn't have a clue as to where. I, I never looked for apartments in Tulsa. You know? That information, I really uh, didn't. I let somebody else take care of that when, you know, finding students' housing. That wasn't my thing. And so, but you know what? The Holy Ghost knows where. So I said, okay, let's go. Let's find you an apartment. We went, we found him an apartment. Guess what? Come September, he's at Ramah. He's at Ramah. Now, the story doesn't end there. 
You know, many times when you are completing God's assignments, you don't realize that he's preparing things that you don't know anything about for you, for your good. So, he came to Ramah, but in August of that year, I, you know, my husband had not told me, though I had for many years in my heart, I just, the Lord was, I just knew that we needed a church there on the campus. And I You know, I mean, when we got married in 1965, I just always thought that I would be pastoring, that my husband and I would be pastoring. But it didn't seem like it was going that way. So I had to say, okay, God, I guess I missed it, you know, and yielded to what God had for us. That's 65 when we got married. This is 85, 20 years You know, sometimes people just get impatient with God's plans. So now this is 85. I did not know that from June, uh, at June, that the Lord was dealing with my husband about starting a church there. In fact, we were overseas and I knew something was wrong with him because it's like, I said to him, your preaching's not very good. What's wrong with you? That's the only time I've ever said that. (laughs) But you see, whenever you're, you know, sometimes when God is changing you, you know, your anointing leaves for what you've been doing. And so finally, he, uh, he said, you know, the Lord's been dealing with me about starting a church. And I'm, he said, I'm just gonna have to tell my dad because his father was, telling him, you need to get out on the road and I need to stay home and, you know, you're under authority. And so he was frustrated. And and so he said, so I'm just going to have to tell Dad that this is what the Lord's saying. But, you know, it's how God works with all of us. When his dad came off from uh, a crusade and we said, we need to talk to you, and we told him what the Lord was saying, He said, well, that makes sense because he said, as I was, you know, praying during this crusade, the Lord said, you've got it all backwards. (laughs) Yeah, you know, sometimes you think you hear perfectly, uh, uh, you know, it's like a few steps at a time. And and God said, you've got it all backwards. He says, Ken's supposed to stay home and you're supposed to be in the road. But he didn't tell him what he was supposed to do. You know, that's kind of the way God works. God will not always give you the total picture, okay? And so he said, that makes sense. So anyway, here, you know, it's August, and God doesn't give us really much notice. And so we were actually in crusades because we had scheduled crusades while our last crusade was in October, So the church started in October of 1985. Guess what? One of the things, a valuable thing that you need in starting a church is a worship leader, right? Guess what? This guy who, you know, God had used me to help him get on the right path, he, he and his sister had traveled in ministry 
in music. He had perfect pitch. He could, he could get out of people who couldn't even sing. He could, I mean, he could, he did marvelous with choirs, etc. He was our first worship leader the two years that he was there at Ringman. You see, God was getting, and he's pastoring a church now, but God was getting him on the right path, but he was also helping us out because he was preparing the way for us, for what we were going to need in the months to come. And so we don't always understand what God is doing. Sometimes I kind of, you know, I'm kind of a visual person and, and I can just think about God thinking, ah, will this one get in their place? You know, I wish that Sally would hurry up and get where she's supposed to be. And I wish David would just, you know, yield to me and listen to me. <laughs> Am I picking on people? But <laughs> But anyway, it's so important for us to get in our place in these days because God has great assignments for us. God has great assignments for us. Now, the amplified of that says, but the people who know their God shall prove themselves strong, and I like this, and shall stand firm. And do exploits for God. And shall stand firm. And do exploits for God. And so, you know, if we're going to carry out the bold and daring feat that God has for us in these last days, what are we going to have to do? We are going to have to stand strong. We are going to have to stand strong because, guess what? The devil is going around like a what? Roaring lion seeking whom he what? May devour. Are you going to let him devour you? Are you going to carry out the assignments that God has for you? Well, in order to do that, guess what? We've got to be full of the word. We've got to be strong, not in our power, but what? In the power of the Lord. Uh, let's turn over to Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation because I kind of like it in that translation. You know, sometimes it's good when it just comes down to the words that we use now. These are scriptures that you need to have underlined. Because I want to tell you, the things that are going, the thing that's going to help you to stand strong, to be firm, and to carry out what God has for you is knowing the Word of God. Because in the times that you need encouragement, or wisdom, or whatever you need. Do you know how God usually speaks? He will direct you to the word. Many times, you know, God will speak to me through his word. I may not even remember where 
that that particular scripture is. But because I have hidden it, I've read it before, I've hidden it in my heart, God will bring those words to me. I'll look on my concordance and find the scriptures. Where it says, I word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And yet, what do we not do as much as we should? Read the word. Read the word. And I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on y'all, okay? This is not the word. <laughs> now, okay, this is okay when you're looking at different translations. I go to this and I look at different translations and thank goodness I don't have to take five Bibles when I'm traveling or even around the house. I've got, you know, the different translations here. But this is the word of God. And I will guarantee you that when the Lord speaks to you, you'll be able to find, if you, if you use your Bible like you should, you'll be able to find the scripture that you need a lot faster in this than this. Now, another thing that God just seemed to drop in my heart, oh, it's been probably several years ago now, as I was talking about this, and I'm thinking... I'm not getting on to y'all, okay? Really, I'm not. Just enlightening you, okay? And I thought, well, God, yeah, you know, maybe it's just because I'm of the old, old, mature generation, mature generation, <laughs> that I just like to, you know, have my Bible. My, my Bible is very important. And it's not just a Bible. It's my special Bible, the one that's gotten me through so many things. One time I was on an airplane and somehow I was reading my Bible and somebody behind me was, um, this is commercial, and somebody behind me was talking to me and somehow my Bible dropped down, right? I was by the window, dropped down here and I, as I was talking, I forgot and I didn't know it had dropped down and I got off that airplane and my Bible, I didn't have my Bible now, I'm panicky because it's like, okay, it's this Bible that's gotten me through everything. It's not just a Bible. It's my Bible. It's the one that's gotten me through everything. Another one's not going to, you know, accomplish what this one has. I'm frantic. God, find my Bible. Find my Bible. God is so good. It was a, we happen to know a person that worked for the airlines, American Airlines, which that's where it was, and he, he was in the baggage department. And so we called him. And so, because he was in Dallas, and we called him, oh, what can we do? I got to find my Bible. And so he said, well, tell me what flight you were on, and I'll trace the aircraft. And so we told him it took several weeks. He chased, he traced the aircraft. He said, what seat were you on? I told him. Several weeks later, he, he called us and said, I found your Bible. But here was, the, here was what he said. He said, nobody, 
Nobody absolutely would have ever found that Bible until that plane went into the, uh, an inspection because he said it was down to where you could not see it at all. He said, I had to go to that seat. I had to look way down there. And I had, but God, you know, anything that's hidden shall be revealed. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So I got my Bible back. But, you know, the, the Lord seemed to impress upon me. Now, you know, you can take what is worth But he said, you know, this is a great device, but it has a lot of things other than the Bible on it. It has a lot of things other than the Bible on it. But this only has my word. My word. So it's okay to bring this to church. You've got all the translations. But when you're really, you know, reading the word, I think that it's so great to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Okay. That's just my little thought. Okay. Now let's read (laughs) Ephesians 6, 10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all, how are we going to stand strong? How are we going to stand firm in these last days? Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to, here it is, stand firm against all strategies of the devil. To stand firm against all strategies of the devil. The enemy is here I think stronger than ever because he knows his time is short and he is trying to discourage you. He's trying to get you off the path that God desires for you to be on. He is trying to interrupt the plans that God has for you. He is attacking you as never before. And it's so important that we put on all of God's armor. To stand against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I'm telling you what, and we, you know, so many times, and the reason why that we don't emphasize You know, there's spirits and there's evil spirits as well as heavenly spirits. And, you know, as ministers, we don't talk about that a lot because people just get weirded out and then they'll go to the extreme and they think everything is an evil spirit. When everything is not an evil spirit, we have our carnal flesh to deal with. Back in the 70s, there was a real concentration on, you know, evil spirits. And it went to the extreme that everything was an evil spirit. Everything was a spirit. You know, there was a spirit of gluttony, and it just needed to be casted out. And bless people's heart, you know. They would come to us and say, I went to this meeting, and they cast out the cast out the spirit of gluttony in me, and then they said we could eat, I could eat anything I wanted, and it would be okay. <laughs> and I just did what they said, and I've just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Duh, you know. 
Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. And yet, on the other hand, there are demonic spirits there that sometimes in, and in a Christian, they can't dwell in the Christian, but they, there are harassing spirits. And you have to be led by your spirit, and you have to, okay, if, you know, take authority over any spirit that would be hindering or harming. You don't go to the extreme, guys, okay? You don't go to the extreme. But you have to recognize that. And it says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authority of the unseen world. You know, I say it like this. If uh, I, I say with... Say family problems, you know, husband, wife, children, whatever. And here you are upset about the family, upset about your spouse, whatever. And you're irritated at them, you're mad at them. And it's like, hey, look at the source of that. Not that person, but the source. It's uh, evil spirits that are trying to cause confusion. So take authority over that. And if you'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, who is there? Oh, let's go there. Uh, let's go to John 14, 16. Didn't know I was going any of these directions, but we're going there. Um, I want that in the Amplified. When uh, Jesus was leaving this earth... The disciples were just panicky. What are we going to do? We're, we don't have you here to tell us what to do. So what are we going to do? And so Jesus said to them, well, I'm going to pray to my father. And he's going to send you another comforter. Have we got that up there? Okay, he's going to send you another comforter that... The King James Version says that he may abide with you forever. But the Amplified says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter who will be a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. Now go to the next verse. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to its heart, because it does not see him or know and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Do you realize that? That should make you excited that the Holy Spirit is living with you constantly. He is your counselor. He is your guide. He is your strengthener. He is everything that you need. Why? Because whatever the Father is speaking, he's speaking to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is working through you and speaking to you. And yet, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and if you don't ask him, he's not going to interrupt your life. And not only that, he's not like the devil screams in your ear. He's going to be really quiet. And so, you have to get your spirit, you've got to get your natural 
person quiet in order to hear him speaking to your spirit. And so many times that's really hard for us to do sometimes. That's really hard for us to do. I know, oh, it hadn't been real long ago. I told you, the only time that I'm just really bold is when the Holy Ghost is speaking to me or if I'm mad. (laughs) Well, not too long ago, you know, it's like, I would say ministry, sometimes I would say this ministry would be wonderful if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> and it's enough that you deal with people in your congregation, but it's worse when you deal with staff, employees. All right? And so, the one thing, you know, we all value different things, but the one thing that I value and I just need to operate effectively is peace. I cannot stand fussing and fighting and arguing. and You know, some people like that. I can't stand it. I just have to have peace. And so it's been a while ago, not real long ago. But anyway, uh, there were some uh, employees in there. One got offended at the other, and oh my goodness, it was horrible, you know, fussing and fighting. And I, and I know that, and I'll tell you what, when you're not walking uh, in agreement and walk, not walking in forgiveness and not walking in peace, it affects everything else. And I knew that, you know, this was going to uh, not just affect them, but it was going to affect the ministry. And I wasn't going to have that. I just don't have that. And so I had endeavored to let the supervisor handle it. Supervisor couldn't seem to handle it. HR couldn't seem to handle it. And this had gone on for quite a few months. And finally, it's like, I've had it. I've had it. They haven't taken care of it. I'm going to. Yeah. Now, I'm mad, okay? I told you what I do when I'm mad. I don't wound, I kill. (laughs) I'm just being honest. So, I knew it had to be taken care of. I knew I had to take care of it, but I'm mad. And you know what? When you're mad, that's the time that you let your flesh take over. Right? So I'm, you know, getting ready in the morning, and, and that's my prayer time is when I'm getting ready. And so, and I'm, I've scheduled the meeting. I've scheduled the department heads, the HR, these people that are just fussing and fighting with each other, and... And this is what I'm saying to me. God, calm me down. Calm me down. Calm me down. (laughs) I'm mad, Lord. I'm mad. We do need to recognize, you know, where we are and let God help us with it. You don't rationalize. I was mad in the natural. God, calm me down. Calm me down. I don't want to be this mad. I know that if I'm this mad, I'm, the right words are not going to come out. It's not going to be effective. I need your help. This is where the Holy Ghost comes in, you guys. 
And as I continue to pray that and continue to, to pray to the Father, I said, help me, Father. Not only, I mean, these are, these people that have been having this disagreement and not working, not uh, not only, but they're men. I'm a woman. All right? And I know how men sometimes feel about women bosses, okay? I understand. You know? And I said, God, you're going you're gonna to have to show me what to say, what to do for this to be resolved. I want to save both of them. I don't want to have to terminate them. But you're going to have to help me. They're, they're good people, but they're just are not practicing forgiveness. And they're offended. And so, as I prayed, the Lord began, through the Holy Ghost, began to give me scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And so he said to me, you go. And you Give them the scripture, give them Bibles, give them the scripture. Let them read it. Let them read the scriptures out loud. And as we read scripture after scripture after scripture, I didn't have to say a word. The word resolved it all. The word resolved it all. And so it's so important that we listen to the Holy Spirit. He is our counselor. He is our guide. He is our strengthener. He is everything that we need. And he is in us. And what? Abides with us, not just part of the time, but what? All of the time. And over in, uh, over in the next chapter, and then we're going to pray. Uh, Oh, I'm in the wrong John 16. And then John 16, verse 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And then over in, uh, back in, verse, in chapter 14, in verse 26, it says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so whatever you need. Some of you may be dealing with situations this morning. You may be, there may be decisions that you've been endeavoring to decide, okay, God, what's the right decisions? Because decisions are important. Decisions will determine your direction and direction will determine your destiny. 
And so it's so important to make the right decision. So let's stand up this morning. It's time for you to connect with your father. It's time for you to ask him what you need to ask him for. It's time for you to learn to listen, to hear his voice. And so you can make your chair your altar. You can stand up and pray. You can walk around and pray. I'm going to pray right here. If you want to join me, you can do that as well. Are you ready to connect with the father? Let's do that this morning morning. Oh, Father, we just come to you now. Thanking you, Father, that you have sent the Holy Spirit to us. Thank you, Father, that he does dwell in us, that he is there to be our strengthener, to be our guide, to be our counselor. I thank you, Father, as we looked to you. Father, I thank you that you will lead us, that you will guide us, that you will direct our lives, Father that you will help us in every decision, every decision that uh, we must make, Father. I thank you, Father. Oh, Pasala Brandi, Shele Brandin, Shele Bridusa, if we, as we commit our life to you, Father, as we commit to you, Father, to follow every step that you would have for us, Father, that you will give them, us the wisdom to know what direction to go that you will give us the answer to all of the situations father in our life oh father you will tell us how to pray what to take authority over father oh maybe who knows i never promise anything but in order to follow God's plan, it's kind of like my mother used to say to me, or my dad sometimes would say to me, and actually as an adult, and uh, there were things of wisdom that they wanted to impart or give me information that would help me. And you know, so many times we have our minds so full and many times when somebody's talking, we're, we are thinking about how we're going to reply, that actually we're not even listening to what they're saying. And so my mother or my dad would say, now, honey, just clear your mind, clear your mind. And what did that mean? That meant, hey, I didn't need to be thinking about anything. I needed to be listening to what they were saying. Well, the same thing with the Lord. You know, when we come to him, we need to clear our mind. What do I mean about that? Listen, clear whatever desires that you have. Whatever passions that you have. So many times, you know, we go and we pray. And because we have so many desires and we have so many passions of our own, that if you're not careful, when you go to pray and ask God, okay, God, I want to follow your plan, your will, but you mistake your passions, your plans for God's plans and God's will. Yeah, I did that and maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, right now, it's...